0: Welcome to the Inventory Professional Podcast, brought to you by Inventory Base, providers of industry leading property inspection software, accredited training, and on demand property reports. Join us as we discuss the latest news, legislation, and all things property, hosted by our very own inventory expert, Sean Hemming Metcalf. With regular special guests listening to our open and honest discussions about the role of the inventory professional and how to navigate through this ever-changing fast-paced industry
1: welcome everybody to the inventory professional thank you for joining us i am joined again by my co-host melissa from mgm inventories hi melissa it's been a while since we last talked hello yes it has time goes surprisingly quickly Certainly at the moment, but is it great to be back actually properly working? I mean, I know we worked all the way through the pandemic to a certain degree, but now things are opening up and, um, you know, we're getting through the steps. I don't know, there's a sense of that we're getting back to normal. And again, I'm always doing that inverted commas, you know, normal, because I don't think everything will will ever be normal, but certainly the new normal. Maybe that's a good way of putting it.
0: Yes, exactly. And I think probably actually different, podcast in the future but I there are certainly things that I will take from what's happened um, practices that I have now that will carry through um, I did think to myself the other day as I was putting on some gloves I said, "Oh, I wonder if I'll ever stop doing this but then when you when you think about it things that we used to do before seem crazy now you know big crowds touching dirty things and it was just kind of part of the job and obviously we'd wash hands and sanitize and things anyway but now that I think we're in the practice of doing things differently um I'll probably stick with that and certainly now that the roads are starting to get busier as well I think it feels more like everything's you know coming alive again but uh, it's always a little bit hesitant to see how that pans out
1: yeah and I totally agree and yeah I was thinking. One, because of the gloves, the fact of having to wear them, I don't really like them. Two, because I hate putting them into landfill, but then there's no really much other choice. And I don't agree with the you know, using the sanitizer and reusing, I, I don't think that's particularly safe. Um, but like you said, I think there's a lot of positives we can take away from what we've changed and how we've managed to adapt to our new normal and what we can then take forward. So definitely we're going to talk about that on another podcast without a doubt. I think for today, the reason um, we're going to be talking about tenant feedback is that I um, I'm still seeing people or hearing people or having people talk to me and that's landlords and, and tenants and agents about the whole issue of feedback, whether you know we want it or we don't, um, whether it's useful, whether it's not, and also how you get it, i.e. with inventory base, you can put it onto the system, you can um, automatically capture the tenant comments, they can upload their own photographs. It's all date and time and captured, so from an audit trail Absolutely brilliant. Um, but there's still a hesitance in a way to use it. And I think there's also a bit of a hesitance from a clerk point of view, a service point of view to actually engage with it. Um so I thought it would be a really uh, good thing to have a discussion about in regards to you know where the benefits are and how you feel about it. So is it something you enable on your system? It is. yes. And to be honest, it's
0: not something that I'd ever considered. Not enabling. I mean, I I came from a system of doing PDF reports. And if people wanted to um, add comments, you know, make amendments, that was much harder for them. Um, And if they if they did it on the computer, it was hard to see. Um, And if they did handwritten notes and often you'd get the agents or landlords scanning back a massive document for you, um, which, again, is not not brilliant to see. Um, I think the way we do it on inventory base is a godsend. It's so much clearer for me. Um, I do understand the hesitancy in people um, having feedback, but it it very much depends, doesn't it? You will always get silly comments. (laughs) You will always (laughs) get tenants that haven't maybe fully understand what you've said, so they say it in a different way. And actually, that, I think, is a major learning point for me. If I see the same kind of phrasing coming from tenants, I understand that they're not really engaging in what I've said. So then I can, I mean, say it in a different way. we said before about keeping things quite plain and simple and speak that people understand. But still, I think maybe you get a bit lost in your practices and just assume that people know what certain things Mean. Um, and again, if I get the same sort of comments, I'll understand that they've not fully, you know, fully taken on what I'm trying to say. So they're saying it in their own way. Um, and I think that's helpful for us, that's helpful for our practices.
1: I I totally agree. Uh, I I think feedback should be seen as um, an aid to your training, um, either personally or for your service, for your clerks that you work with, and also, you know, for the um, other services that you work with. So, you know, if you're subcontracting or using other self-employed clerks, you know, there's, there's always learning to be had. And it's about... You know, embracing that—it doesn't need to be negative. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are times when you look at uh, some of the comments, you "Really?" You know, <laughs> and you're like, "Oh, you feel like you're putting your hair about." It. Especially when, like you quite rightly said, you've made the comment, and the person that is commenting on the report is also making the comment, but maybe in a different way, or if not, in a different section of the report often it's in the scheduled condition where yeah whereas if you look at the actual report it's actually in there but for whatever reason they haven't even seen it or they've just chosen to ignore it and then make another comment so it feels like certainly from a maybe a, a landlord and agent point of view it's like you've missed loads of things and actually haven't if you actually drill down into what's actually being said but then again sometimes also as a tenant point of view they want to be heard they you know they want in all in some respects showcase I've actually engaged in this i am looked at the report this is my take on it and you know I, I would like you to pay attention to it and I get that totally get that because I think as you were saying earlier on about the pdf when you write it you get it all gets lost in translation doesn't it because sometimes you don't even know what comment goes with what part of the report because it's all scribbled and
0: exactly yeah over different columns mm. uh, you you have to try and decipher it that way
1: as well yeah and there's no room is there when you think about it on the, even if you had room on the uh, pdf it was very very small I mean I actually used to pride myself I can write really really small um and I used to do that <laughs> a lot at school but equally then it takes a lot of effort to read what it is that I've written you also then feel that you can only say so much because you've only got so so much space. Whereas obviously online, you can you could write chapter and verse if you wanted to. I'm not saying you should. Well, you didn't. <laughs> Some people do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which yeah, and again, I get that fear. I I genuinely had someone that went through the report, and every time I said there was a mark or scuff, they'd measured it. I mean, that must have taken the full seven days (laughs) that he was allowed um and had put a measurement on and I you know I think well obviously I'm not doing that at the end um going back I would love to actually just to be pedantic and say actually now it's 3.5 centimeters but there is that fear that that people will do that but I also think it's um you know a dose of logic hopefully most landlords and agents trust you and understand that there are people that would do that kind of thing. And I think that does go down to your relationship with the agent as well, especially if, like you say, people put things in, in the wrong places, haven't read what you've said. They could see a report that's got 50 amendments on and think, oh my goodness, you know, they, the clerk's missed a lot, or they you can trust you and realise that probably the person's just not been sensible about either what they've said or where they've put it. But... I think a lot of that is engaging with the clients too. And I know when you're starting off, you can feel a bit self-conscious having those conversations with them. And I think needs to be sort of a, sort of a meeting or a a formal chat. You, You know, you can just make a few comments as you pop into the office for keys and I'll, you know, see that they said what I said, you know, that kind of thing, building that relationship, I think helps you to feel less worried when tenants do that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree. Because um, I often f- I often find that um, both agents, landlords, and tenants don't read the report. Yes. You know, they don't give it enough attention. And I've had that exact example um, literally over the weekend where a checkout's happened, there's stuff missing, there's issues. Um, and the way the email from the agent was phrased was almost like you've missed all of this. And I'm like, no, I don't think so. So I've gone back to the report and definitely not missed. In fact, the, the report is really, really good. In um, as much as it's highlighted very clearly what's missing, what the issues are, where the changes are, you know, it's very, it's all there and it has the uh, descriptions, it has the check-in comments, it has the check-out comments, it has the pictures, it's identified what's missing. Um, but you could tell from the email that I got, maybe it wasn't quite, why you know, well read or, or referred to. So I found myself emailing back and going through the report and pointing out look at this, look at that, side by side, there's the changes only report, because I think sometimes um, when people look at the checkout, they look at it in its entirety, whereas if you look at just at the changes only, it gives you that immediate understanding of what's changed, what material changes occurred, and it's easy to read, whereas if you've got the full report, then it includes everything that hasn't changed, so everything that's the same as check-in, and sometimes you can get lost in it, you know, becomes a, you know, very big report um and so I ended up you know writing a very long email explaining exactly what the issues were and I got a very really nice email back but it was very short I said oh right okay thanks <laughs> 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 I Put I so much effort into this but it then makes you think well why aren't they reading it what is the barrier is it um because I don't think it's an issue in regards to sharing the sharing report and and actually reading the report because I think it, they're very well um set out certainly you know looking, I know from your point of view and from my point of view in our reports, they're very simple, they're very set out, but could it also be the fact that, you know, some providers are too busy, there's too much going on and that people are finding it so difficult. It's, it's almost like trudging through treacle. You get to a point where the person's just switching off because they just think this is just too much. I I, I just can't do this. And, and maybe that's um, a potential barrier. And I think certainly when you're looking at feedback, you should think about, you know, what the person's saying what they think that you either missed or haven't um, picked up on, or is there a bigger issue in, in regards to do they actually understand the report? And that kind of falls neatly into the issues for deposit scheme adjudicators in regards to acronyms. I, I, I've got to be in my bonnet about that in as much as that if you're going to say something, then say it. Why put an acronym in? Then you've then got to go to a key to work out what it is that one particular, potentially means. And then I saw one the other day where there was no key at all. And then you've really got to work out what it means. (laughs) So you can imagine from a reader point of view and from a tenant point of view and everybody else that, you know, is going to look at the report. That's going to be quite difficult, isn't it? It's going to take your time to just to work out what's being said. So I can understand in a way why they're switching off. Absolutely. And I've done
0: checkouts on other people's inventories that have used a key and acronyms um, I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of doing sort of left-hand side and right-hand side myself just for the ease of that. But I, you know, I feel like that's fairly common enough for people to understand it. But there was a, a key and I just couldn't get my head around it. And for the amount of time that I think they feel it saved, the amount of time it took me to keep flicking back. And I there was one abbreviation that I thought it meant something different for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, you can understand why tenants and landlords, they would struggle with that. Um, and it, I think when we're saying as well, keeping it plain and simple and what they try and do with tenancy agreements now is to use language that everyone should understand. And I feel like inventories and checkouts should be the same. It shouldn't be a chore and a task to try and decipher what it means before you, you know, you even got into it.
1: No, I I totally agree. I mean, you only have to look at all the, the, the reams of information and notices and guidance that come out from the government. There's just loads of it. But all of it, I think, certainly on the user side, the, you know, the the people who are going to actually read it, it's been set out in a very kind of like easy to understand, very flowing kind of way. Um, and it means then, you know, I'm going to pay attention to it. I can understand what it is. I'm not scratching my head trying to figure out what does that mean and what do I need to do? It's very, it, you yeah, it's very easy to navigate and understand. And I think you're right. I think if reports are simplified, and I don't need necessarily mean in the detail, i.e. you just say white this or UPVC that or black floor or gray floor or red floor, you, know, you still need that detail, but make it so that the person can actually understand it and they get what it is that you're saying. And it's something, certainly from a training point of view, from my point of view, I'm always saying to people, make sure that your report can be read by anybody that picks it up and, and they should be able, able to say there and then, yeah, I get that, I understand that, that makes sense to me. Because as soon as they start querying and they're not sure, then you've lost them um, in some respects.
0: Yes, absolutely. I And I think that there is more of a tendency now. I, I'm seeing other reports being similar, you know, being sort of um, toned down with the acronyms. But it is, it is important. And I think it's a theme now that we should go for. And we've said before, uh, you know, essentially, our reports are almost geared towards the end user, which is, say, an adjudicator of a scheme. I mean, they more than anything understand um, things that are being said, but at the same time, why make it difficult for people? You know, if if something can be pointed out and it's really obvious, then it's it's only helping everyone.
1: Absolutely, yeah, it's helping them. It's also, like I said, adding um, a a training. Um, option, uh, a training uh, ability to us as providers so we can understand exactly then where the barriers are, what we can do to take those barriers down so more people engage with us so that maybe we're not just looking, you know, to agents and to uh, landlords to uh, use our services we're looking towards tenants as well because again, under tenant fee act. The tenant can't be made to pay to pay for an inventory or checkout report because they've certainly commissioned their own. So it does make you wonder, well, why don't more of them do that? Because at the end of the day, it's their deposit. And the but the landlord is, is the person who's actually commissioning the report. So where's the barrier for them saying, actually, no, I actually want a third party independent report or... Or maybe it could be that they um, don't necessarily feel that the report that they've been given is adequate. It it does the job that it needs to do, i.e. protecting the deposit, because, again, it's the tenants. So, you know, where is the barrier that that is um, making or causing tenants not to use those third party services? I'm, I'm not quite sure about that. And that'd be an interesting one maybe to explore at a later date as well.
0: Yes, and I I do think there will be a lot more of it as time goes by. Um, Obviously, the tenant fee ban happened, but then, as did the pandemic, I have noticed a rise in in tenants booking their own inventories and checkouts. Um, So I think that it is something that's going to become more common. And then obviously, that opens a whole world of, you know, other things as well, essentially.
1: Well yeah if you think about it I mean it's same as anybody you know if, we, if someone commissions our report then there is an expectation you're doing the report for us we do obviously our main name is to keep impartial so it's all about the uh, property but you know you still talk to a landlord if they ask you questions about it or you talk to the agent But with the tenant we only tend to talk to them maybe a little bit about the checkout but again I'm like you I'm seeing more or having more conversations with people ringing up and saying you know well uh, could you explain this or could you explain that which is absolutely fine I've got no problem with that but then you've got to factor in um, the time that that takes and you know the cost of the report as it stands at the moment I think is too low Um, and should we be aiming our reports a bit similar to uh, other reports like surveyor reports because of the information, one, that they contain and also what they convey and what they protect. And when you think about it, a survey report does similar kind of thing, but you know there's a lot more um, training, there's a lot more credibility given to that kind of reporting and the surveyor you know by their very nature will get paid more for that report and yet sometimes and certainly in my experience um the time and the the detail and the effort are pretty comparable but the price points are are completely the opposite side of the room as it were
0: yes i think people view them very differently Mm. Um, i don't know if that's necessarily something that we haven't helped ourselves with Um, I think we're all striving for yeah, a certain standard you would hope people are but also agents landlords and now tenants will always want a bargain and they'll always want to go for the cheapest thing um and you might find something that you would price double you know someone will want to cut you um again there's then the point Is it the same quality? Probably not. You know, someone that's willing to do something for, say, £30 might not be putting in the most amount of effort with it. And some people might not be worried about that. Um, But it it almost needs sort of more of an industry standard for us to all sort of come together and and unite with that, really, um, as to what we're doing, because whilst there are a lot of reputable people out there that, that feel the same that we should be getting paid more, um, and for the amount of detail and effort and time it takes, certainly I think that's true. There are people that will happily sort of run around a property for 10 minutes. Um, and I've seen that before <laughs> on some um, inventory date time, uh, date stamped photographs um, time stamps will show, you know, how long someone's been in a property for. And I think that that doesn't necessarily
1: help when we're like that within ourselves. I can agree with you to a certain point, but um, just getting on the timestamp point, point of view, sometimes that can be a bit of a misleader in regards to exactly how long a report will take. So for our sake, the way I do my reports, I dictate the room and then I photograph the room. So from a, a, a timestamp point of view, the actual pictures themselves are relatively close together. Um, yeah. But it, it, um, I think sometimes it's not necessarily about the time, it's about the report quality because we're not paid for our time we're paid for the report and then the report quality hopefully then comes with that um you know you could spend 10 minutes or 10 hours And you could get different reports and they might equally be just as good. I think it's about, you know, your processes and how you manage that side of things. Because at the end of the day, we have to be efficient because of the the price point of the report. You know, you can't be doing a report on a two bed that takes you six hours. It's just not cost effective. You just can't sustain a business doing it that way. We'd have to be a bit careful, I think, about looking at... Picture stamps in order to work out exactly, you know, how long that took because it's it's about the quality as opposed to the time. Um, and I think the the more experienced you are, like yourself and like m- myself and plenty of other people um, that I talk to, really experienced, we know exactly what we want to do, how we want to do it, how to get get it all together, because we've got all of those kind of like processes really honed down. And because we're using inventory based to its best of its um, ability, it means then we can kind of like control the amount of time we're at the property, but then, the client doesn't then see the, you know, the time taken to get the keys or the mucking around as you were having today with keys, et cetera. And also then, you know, what happens afterwards? Cause I know you've got a whole body of work to do from an admin point of view after we finish this conversation. Um, and that, you know, we have to factor that into the, the uh, cost of the report. And a lot of that just does not get seen. It's, it's a bit like the, the duck um, on the water, you know, looks perfectly serene on the top, but the, the little legs are going into you know, <laughs> a dozen underneath.
0: Yes. And I do think actually a lot of people instantly sort of forget that side of it. You give the keys back and they feel like, oh, you're done. You
1: know,
0: you got much more on today. And you think, well, I've got to, (laughs) (laughs) you know, a few other things got to get back and then I've got to finalise your report for you. But they do think that that, that's kind of it, that the time you spent in the property is what you've done. So there's definitely that side to it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But I think... We can use um, tenant feedback to help us develop our service and I was looking at, you know, what kind of quality of feedback we can use in order to, you know, get the positives from having tenant feedback rather than worry about it and do our best to not to get it because we don't want anybody could, you know, either one commenting on a report or two saying about that we've missed anything. I, I kind of like the opposite way. I like to think about, okay, what training can I get from this? What can I learn? And certainly when I'm training clerks, I'm always thinking about, okay, what are the learning points? What could we have done differently Um, to make it a a better experience both for the reader and for you as the the provider to make it easier as we go forward. And I think sometimes also it's really useful for tenant to feedback because they've got more time. You know, they've got their seven days or however many days either the client gives them or the system is enabled for. Certainly on inventory base, you can um, close it down um, literally immediately as soon as the report's uh, completed. Or give them seven days or 14 days or 28 days. Um, I like to give 14 days, I think. Seven is the kind of the <clears throat> excuse me, the industry standard, and then give another seven days on top of that, just in case you know report doesn't get shared on time. Tenants may be busy with work, etc. You know, give them enough time so they can at least read the report and get something out of it. Do you use that kind of timeline or are you a bit longer or a bit shorter? So the majority
0: of it is seven days. But again, what I love about inventory base is that you can be flexible with it. And sometimes I'll know um, if agents are particularly busy that they might not be sharing it straight away. And I might do that to 10, 15 days. Um and just take a, you know, I can take a view on each report if I wanted to. But my default is is the seven days. And I think that like we were saying, it it helps from a training point of view, and also the flip side of if a tenant doesn't have access to it, I think, uh, you know, access to making comments, they're more worried that, like you said, that their voice isn't going to get heard. Yeah. Um, whereas if they've got access to it and they put a few comments on, and then God forbid there's something at the end of the tenancy and they try and say, well, this was this was here at the beginning of the tenancy, the fact that you've allowed them to make comments and they haven't added it on only supports the original report. Yeah. So, um you, if you don't have the facility for them to put it on they will just do the same thing that you know people people have always been doing to say oh no it was like this at the beginning um and there's always the option that if it was a pdf that it's been lost and it can't be found anymore so i think it helps us in a lot of ways to have it on there from a training point of view and to support our own evidence
1: yeah absolutely i, I totally agree with all of that and also the fact that you know tenants have a uh, a longer time period in order to actually look at the report but also then to be kind of test driving the property because sometimes what we see as is a non-invasive reporting service isn't it we don't test loads of things we don't take washing machines through their full functionality or ovens or put hobs on and see you know if they do heat to the right temperature or that they're broken or anything along those lines that's not really our role um, so the fact that the tenants then got those seven days to make those comments and there might be things that are broken and until they use them i.e the shower turn the shower on and the hose goes all over the place and the the screen door doesn't work or the, you know, there's a leak underneath the bath we're not going to see those kind of things so it's a great way for the tenant to capture that information and to be able to showcase that actually there's an issue here that we wouldn't necessarily see and, and then a good way then of course then the agent or land will take that forward and if they don't take that forward then clearly that's evidence for the tenant to say look I did tell you like you just said and nothing's been done or the issue's got worse but I've noted it here so it really gives everybody the potential to Uh, Capture that evidence to showcase exactly where they are, and that might be in the positive or the negative. If you know, if they're maybe trying to pull a fast one, pull the wool over the landlord or the agent's eyes, or equally, landlord and the agent are doing it the opposite way to the tenant and making everything look really, really nice. But once they actually start using it, it's maybe not fit for purpose. It's not as clean as it should be, or there's other issues that haven't been addressed that they told that they were. It's a really good way of bringing that all information all together, and I think sometimes us as providers, we worry about that. We think it's a reflection on our service. Whereas I look at it, it's a it's a a really good tool to bring everybody together, to bring them to the kind of the table, as it were, to discuss things, to showcase things. And if we've done our job well, then we'll be picking up you know 95% of everything anyway there's always going to be a percentage we won't because one if you think about it we're not in there long enough a two-bedroom you're really looking only being on site for about one and a half hours or so depending on the condition and everything else Um, but like I said we we've all also got all the other work around it but actually on site that's around about the right time but a tenant it's going to be there 24 seven for a good seven days or more, depending on how long you've been given access and report to really you know, go through with a fine tooth comb. So they will pick things up because they just have the time to do it. We don't. Um, so I think in a way, there's an education there to be had in regards to what the expectation of the landlord is and of the tenant and also towards the uh the adjudicator as to okay yeah we've got all of this and maybe this was missed or maybe that wasn't taken care of or maybe that wasn't captured at the time but you know there are some kind of like reasons as to why they're not uh, excuses but you've got to be sensible about these things we literally have a finite amount of time to be in the property to do the job to um, be able to then either get on with other jobs earn our money you know run our business um so I think there's a balance, isn't there? I suppose that's what I'm trying to get to, you know, expectation. Yes, that's it. And I think part of that is
0: educating uh, the clients, whoever they may be anyway. Um, You know, like I said, just with the logic of it all, I I mean, I I myself have been to a property that on the checkout, it was a very dull, rainy day. You know, nothing could be done about the fact that it was quite dim in the property. Uh, Did the checkout went back a week later to do the inventory and saw that the paint just looked terrible in some places. And there was no way of seeing that. Um, you know, it, is, it was just the way it was. Uh, and as soon as the sun was shining through, you could really see it. And it's, there is the element of, you know, the human factor to it. But there are some things that just do get missed because of that. Um, and like we say, the tenants are then there uh, you know they've got their 7, 14, <laughs> 28 days to have a look through um, and you know what it will be like you can sit in your own house and all of a sudden see something and you're like how long has that been there for? Exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know it makes that mental note and the tenants obviously have always got an unlimited amount of time to be seeing that so um, there's always that aspect. I think I, I have one client personally where I do all the check-ins and I find that those reports are the ones that I barely get any feedback on um, because I don't go through a full inventory on a check-in, but I will point out the most important bits. And I will say to them, you know, you've got your seven days, have a look through, Do maybe do a room at a time um, and make your amendments. And, I, I, you know, I will make the point that you'll be sat here on day six and you'll think, oh, I wonder if that mark was included. Um, And it gives them the opportunity and I think the reassurance to feel that you're not trying to um, be on the side of the landlord or the agent and, you know, you're not sort of an accomplice to try and steal their deposit a bit. Um, And that's a luxury that I'm able to do it with those ones. But certainly in those circumstances, I see much less comments on the original inventory than the ones that I sort of have no contact with and they're just sent out um because people you know I think it helps that you're explaining it in in words as well um and showing them and I think that helps just reassure people a bit
1: yeah absolutely I I think If people can ask those questions and feel that they are enabled to ask those questions, they feel much more comfortable about the process, and yeah, they 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 feel less, like you said, worried about whether you know that mark's been taken, you know, being put down, and they've got to make sure that they put it down because otherwise they're going to lose their their deposit and everything's going to go really bad. You know, I mean, you can you can understand it. There's an anxiety there, and I get that totally because at the end of the day, the deposit's a huge amount of money. It belongs to the tenant. A lot of time, people, you know, it's quite. Quite a difficult thing to get all this money together when you're renting along with all the other costs that you have um, have to bear and then to worry about you know whether you're going to get that money back because maybe the report isn't accurate or maybe you think that things have been missed or that they haven't been given the opportunity to comment um, or they feel that you know that the way that they are able to give the comments over over written form they said that worry about whether it's going to get lost or whether people are going to actually pay any attention to it I think you know, with a system that we've got, certainly from inventory based point of view, but you know, from a prop tech point of view, makes you really, really good sense, to you know, center it all in one report so that everybody can see, you can see the timeline, you can see the date and timestamps, you can see the descriptions and the comments and the check-in comments and the checkout, and you can see the tenants comments, Well, it's all in one place. And it's all date timestamped, you know, so from an audit trail point of view, it's really, really clear exactly Every, when everything was done, when everything was shared, that everybody got the opportunity, and especially when it comes to adjudication. You can showcase, yes, the tenant was given an, an opportunity to say something they didn't, they, or they didn't sign, or they did sign and they did make comments and these were the comments. Um, so that, you know, everybody f- hopefully is or feels on a level playing field because I think if we could, you know, nurture that kind of feeling and, and relationship with all the parties, then we're doing our job well. So to wrap up, from a positive point of view, certainly for me, I think tenant feedback is actually should be seen as positive. I think it, it provides um, good opportunities for training, helps identify issues um, that we may not have noticed, especially you know, from a functionality point of view. Um, and I think it also helps us to develop our service and going back to what you were saying earlier on about understanding, oh, what could we do differently and, and how could we could showcase the reports so people understand it and use it and actually read it rather than just maybe put it to one side. What about you? What, what would be your key positives for having tenant feedback?
0: I mean, I do genuinely think it helps in a, in a training point of view. And I think having it on there as well when you then go to do the checkout is really helpful to see their comments at the same time i think the way that that's set up an inventory base is really helpful that it's all in one place and there's not this sort of going flicking back between things trying to refer um i think it creates um a good feeling between all parties that it's there like we say, there'll be the odd occasion where someone's um, maybe misunderstood or went overboard with things. But again, there's, you know, there's a bit of common sense with those anyway. But otherwise it's, you know, being open and it's good for all parties really to feel that you are heard and that there's nothing sort of hidden. There's no worries about anything. It's all there for everyone to see. So I think, I think it's very helpful.
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think, also, I think the final point from my point of view is it reinforces that impartiality, doesn't it? We're being very open with how we're developing the report, the information that we're providing and the, um, the sharing of the report and, and the ability to connect everybody and give everybody a say, a voice with the report so that hopefully everything is balanced. And then, you know, we, if we come to the end of the tenancy and there's some, a few problems, which it does happen. Sometimes they're very big, sometimes they're very small, but, you know, they're not insurmountable if you've got all the body of evidence all together in one place so that everybody can hopefully then have a very reasoned conversation. It doesn't have to be an argument, it doesn't have to be a great big court case, it doesn't have to always go to dispute. But I think, you know, if you've got all the information together in front of people, then they can, it's easy for them to understand it and then and go, okay, well, yeah, I agree with this, I don't agree with that, but how can we move forward, I think, it it enables that conversation, as opposed to um, causes more of a problem. Um, And I I think it would cause a problem if you didn't have that information, if you didn't have that feedback. Um, And certainly from a tenant point of view, like I said, at the end of the day, it's their money. So of course, they want to protect it. So Um, hopefully we will see like you said more tenants looking towards um, third party providers to provide reports but equally I think we as providers got to make sure that our reports provide everything that is needed in order to aid the conversation and not close it down not cause cause more barriers we want to open the the gates as it were make sure that everybody's covered everybody's supported Yes, yes I I do totally agree well, I think that's a great point to end on. Thank you so much indeed, Melissa. Great conversation as always. And I think we've definitely got a few more ideas for podcasts coming up in regards to comparable reports, you know, about the whole issue of costing. Um, uh, yeah, th- th- I think there's loads there. So we're going to be doing this again, definitely. very so soon, hopefully. We'll, we'll try not to make it so long in between next time. Yeah, yeah, I spe- it's the same as anything. We've all got all very got very busy lives and um, now I think is opened up and there's a lot of work to be done. But that's good. That's great. Can't complain. Really happy about that. But um, yeah, it'd be great to, to get you back on and um, have another chat. So thank you everybody uh, for joining the Inventory Professional podcast. I hope you found it useful. I hope you've taken some pointers away. Um, there'll be some information in the show notes. And if there's anything that you want to maybe discuss with me one-to-one or do I have a talk about any of the subjects we either discussed today or in any of the other podcasts, then you'll be able to see my contact details in the show notes. Thank you very much. And we look forward to um, joining you again in the next Inventory Professional Podcast. Thank you.
0: Thanks for joining us this week on the Inventory Professional Podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, subscribe to our podcast now and share the love. This podcast was brought to you by Inventory Base, providers of industry leading property inspection software, accredited training,
1: and on demand property reports.